Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and I'm so excited to be with you all today, wherever you are on the globe and whatever time or weather or day it is. Welcome. Many of us have this war going on with our our inner minds. There's tapes and, and all sorts of stuff in there that sometimes really gets in the way of us moving forward. And we're going to figure out how we can win the war with our minds today with a special guest. And also, many of you have heard of the word enlightenment or the term and, and have different ideas of what it means. And is it really even impossible for you to be enlightened in this lifetime? So we're going to find out more from my guest, Gabe Berman, who's the author of the Deepak Chopra-endorsed book, Live Like a Fruit Fly. After 25 years of searching, striving, and dealing with depression, disappointment, anxiety, and the feelings of being lost and not being enough, Gabe has become enlightened. With his ever-growing new awareness and consciousness, Gabe removes the heaviness from the hearts of those who need it and shows them a path of light. His progressive pay-what-you-can structure gives everyone a chance to find a new way towards their best selves and to win the war with their minds. Hi, Gabe. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. And Just now, when you just were describing me about after 25 years and he is now enlightened, I'm like, wow, she's actually talking about me. It's like a, the biggest thing that I feel <laughs> right this moment in talking to you is complete relief. Like, thankfully, that search is is over. So I know I'm jumping ahead, but maybe enlightenment equals relief because that's the way I feel right now. Like, oof, she's actually talking about me. That's wonderful. Well, I think that's great. And, and, and again, many people have so many misconceptions about enlightenment. People think that you have to sit up on some mountaintop for a hundred years or more and have many different past lives to achieve enlightenment. And it is not possible in a lifetime or even in this, physical body so you're going to prove them wrong so tell me tell us tell our listeners who are really eager to know what does enlightenment mean well let me first just say this and what you were saying about how many people have misconceptions my first public talk was at this yoga studio and they had uh pictures of me around the studio and around the town that said win the war with your mind enlightenment and had my picture of it just some guy wearing sunglasses and the <laughs> owner of the yoga studio called me the night before because it's my friend who was trusted there who got me the speaking engagement. And she teaches yoga there. But the owner called me and she said, you know, I, you know I, I've never really met you for more than a second. And I saw that, you know, your posters are everywhere. And it says enlightenment. You're going to give the speech. But, and I cut her off and I said, but I don't look like someone who's enlightened. She's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
And I said, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, I'm going to show up with ripped jeans, and then that will be dressed up for me. And I'm not going to have some fake yoga name like ashram.com whatever and like Sri whatever. And I might say the F word within about five minutes, but I have to, you know, what you've known as enlightenment through your 20 years of teaching yoga and the whole community is really not what it is. I mean, people think it's a state of bliss that you, that you have to study your entire existence for and repress every emotion and every feeling and, and not wanting to, uh, you know, watch the ball game with your friends like that. That is not what it is. It, 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 people have this feeling, and so did I for a very long time, that I was looking at for this blissed-out feeling where you're always floating and have no problems and you're not worried about your cell phone bill anymore. Like, that is not true. And back in the day when this whole search started, I read that little Zen poem, which everyone else read, which is, before enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water, and after enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water. And that, that never meant anything to me. Like, I, I don't understand, like, why am I chopping wood and carrying water after I'm enlightened? Like, shouldn't that already just happen? And then I, I used to think about how the Buddha became completely enlightened, so the story goes, but he still had to beg for food. And I thought that was kind of awful in a way, but maybe there's some truth to that. But after um, I had two major awakenings in my, in my life, and one was when I was 11, and one was a couple of years ago. And the second one was complete blissed out feeling and I was floating and I thought that's what enlightenment was. And, th- and then I lost it all and it just, just fell away. It came to me just as, just in the same way it fell away with no planning or no striving and no nothing. It just kind of happened. And I'm so grateful it happened because now I know what enlightenment isn't. And it isn't that blissed out feeling. It's, it's coming to, it's coming to the truth of everything and a, a knowledge of how we work and how the universe works and, and our place there. And um, I'm, I'm just so grateful that it's not that blissed out feeling like I can still be a regular person in a body because I always, when I give my sessions, I tell people, it's like if, if Michael Jordan stood up somewhere and said, oh, you want to be the best basketball player in the entire universe, just be like me. And I'm, that would frustrate the hell out of me. And I feel like that's what enlightened, in quote, gurus say, oh, just do what I have to do, but I didn't have to do it because I just kind of woke up to it. Like Michael Jordan didn't have to do anything. He just woke up. And, of course, he practiced and trained hard and whatever, but he was Michael Jordan. And there was no way for us to be like Michael Jordan. So I really wanted to make sure that before I told people, like, hey, you can get to this path, that it's, it's, it's attainable. Well, that's good news, right? <laughs> I think that's really yeah, important. And, 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 yeah. And again, I think I think all those those ideas because I used to really think the same thing years ago that that you know, how, I'm never going to get there and no matter how much I meditate and do yoga and and follow a path of gratitude and and service and whatever, but like you say, Gabe, it's so much more expansive and there's a human aspect to it that we you know we don't give credence to when we just think of this enlightenment so thanks for that i have a question that's that really the, the book live like a fruit fly i mean every time i read that i smile it so there's something about it that just brings out this lightness in me however and it's fascinating, but why? Why did you choose that title, and what's the significance of it for us in terms of our enlightenment? You sound like the uh, the owner of the publishing company that published my book. It's um, published yeah. by HCI. The HCI is the company that first put out Chicken Soup for the Soul. 
And everyone on the editorial review board gave it a thumbs up. And I think it was the first time in that company's history that everyone loved it, except the owner. He looked at it and like, I don't care. The, the fruit flies are gross. I don't, want to, I don't want to have anything to do with this book. Until, oh, like, I like it. Dallas, I love it. Um, well, just by saying fruit flies, by the way, they're not just going to appear in your kitchen because that happens to everyone. Everyone who reads my book, they send me two emails. They're like, oh, I love this. It's my favorite book ever, and I hate you because now there are fruit flies in my kitchen. But um, <laughs> I, I called it Live Like a Fruit Fly because I was in one of my 20 corporate jobs, which I hated, which I either quit or I think I got fired from this one. I, I have a track record of being fired or quitting every single job I've ever had. And... Uh, I was sitting there, and they were accusing me of getting of generating business in a way that was easier than what they were used to, and they, they didn't like it. They wanted me to struggle. And I was sitting there at my desk, and I'm like, I can't believe that this is my life right now, that I'm, I'm being criticized and, like, written up for doing something correct. So I'm like, I can't live this way. How, how do I want to live? And I just remembered reading some article that fruit flies die, their, their lifespan is 10 days. That's, the, that's their average lifespan. So I was like, I just need to live like a fruit fly. And I just had kept on saying that over. I'm like, just imagine if I had zero time, what would I do? And so we feel like we're so different than fruit flies because we'll live to like, you know, 100 and we'll have all this time. But that's obviously not true. You turn on the news for two seconds and you can see that everyone dies like out of nowhere. I mean, everyone dies anyway, which is the obvious thing. That's why, the, that's why the, the second title of my book is Live Like a Fruit Fly, The Secret You Already Know. And the secret is we're just, we're just dying. So what are we doing here wasting our time? Like follow your passions and tell people you love them and don't worry about what people are thinking. And, and this, is, this really is, an, this is connected to my awakening of enlightenment because if I didn't just blow off everything and, and just really focus on this, I wouldn't have got to it. It was the most important thing in my life is to, to figure this out. So how do other people get to this place? What, what Are there steps that, that when you take people through to, to get to a path of enlightenment that you, that you outline for them? What has to happen well, in their lives, and is there any synchronicity with that and with what you've gone through? Well, thankfully, there's, there's absolutely no technique, and it's not even like, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that. And it's, I know you, I mean, you can laugh at, and I would, if I was on the other side of this phone call right away, I, I would be laughing at me too. Like, what do you mean there's no technique? Then how am I going to do it if there's no way to do it? I'm not it's laughing a, at you. I'm, no. I'm enjoying the fact that there's no, no not, technique. I like this. We can fight about this after. Anyway, so uh, we'll have a, we'll get into a ring and spar about enlightenment. So, um, yeah, there really isn't any technique. And the, most, the wildest thing about this is that to win the war with your mind, you can't use your mind. And then, then the question is, then what do you use? And that's why I tell people we're going to be on the phone for an hour and a half, but it's always longer than that. And to the point where I feel like Springsteen at the garden after like a three-hour concert, like I have to like lay down afterwards because it's just, it's so, it's, it's funny and it's cheerful and it's lighthearted, but there's, there's such intensity to the subject that I really just like, I think it like wipes us both out and whoever's listening because it's just so revealing and it's, it's nothing that you've, that you've ever heard before. I mean, in part of my speech, I even deny consciousness. And that's what, if you read any master, Eckhart Tolle, anyone, it always comes back to conscious. But, and I, I mean, I deny that. And uh, what happens is 
Well, let's just go back a little bit. Everyone says, oh, you can't find enlightenment because you already are enlightened and you just, but that to me always killed me because it's like if I already am this but I don't feel it, then how can that mean that I'm enlightened? But there is, there is definitely truth to that. Um, years and years ago after, not the, actually it's not that many years ago, like three, four years ago after my dad died, I, ha- I just six months after, I, after it happened, I woke up and I was diagnosed with severe PTSD, like my body just could not take it anymore. So after this 20 years of searching, I, I started to search even more because I'm like, how can I deal with this physical anxiety that I have right now? And one day I was like looking at every book in the bookstore, even though I had four books in the bookstore, I just tried to find something else. I just realized that underneath this whole story that I'm like sick and that I'm sad and I'm trying to find out the truth, like enlightenment's our birthright. Like we are, you know, you look at a dog or a seagull, they're they're perfectly enlightened already and that's us. That's the way we're born. But all of these stories get put on top of us and we we just lose that all or we don't even know that we ever had it. The reason why I don't like to be told, oh, you're already enlightened, so don't worry about it, is because, because it always leaves you with the now what. Now what do I do? So someone gets on the phone with me, and it's like, a, um, it's like a series of pills that you have to take in a row. And each medicine leads to the other medicine. So I can't just give you the final medicine at the last second and then, oh, here's the answer, because it won't mean anything as much because you didn't, you didn't take every pill before. Another analogy is like, it's like you're getting into a bank vault, and you, there's a series of combinations. Just opening up the last one's not going to do anything for you. So you, we, we go on this journey together of my journey, and I only talk about myself so that the listener can feel themselves and they can feel their own story. And by the end, 100% of the time, there's a click in their brain and, or a click in, in something in their, in their soul and their gut that says, oh, wait, now I see. Like, and you, you can actually hear the veil come off the person's head and sometimes they're completely underwhelmed by the whole story, and that's okay. But within 48 hours, I get an email from everybody saying, like, wow, like I'm looking through life through a different filter right this second. So if we're enlightened, and I believe that, and, and like you mm-hmm. said, you, you know, tell you that, but, but you don't feel it, and that's really real. We don't always feel that. Is it more about a state of just total awareness of who we, like you said, who we are and, and the universe and whatever and being kind of in, in not only in awareness but, it, but in sync with that as well as being, and being okay with that? Or, you know, I, always do, I used to always feel because it makes so much sense like I'm trying to get, get to a state where I can stay and then see life through this filter. And I realized finally, like one of my first major realizations, which changed everything for me, that after going back from every meditation and every practice and every, every book and every thought and every school and every everything, that absolutely no state of mind can be maintained. And I feel like if anyone's listening to the show right now, that you should either write those words down in front of you or tattoo it on your arm, that no states of mind or no states of being can be maintained. It's absolutely impossible. The universe, or whatever you want to call it, God, universe, cosmos, Jesus, whatever, that it just does not want us to feel one way. And whoever walks around, like whatever guru or teacher says, I am always grateful or I am always this, they're either lying or they need an MRI that something's wrong with them because there's, there's just no way to maintain a state. Unless you're sitting in some cave and staring at a wall for nine, for, you know, nine years, it's easier to maintain that state when you're not worrying about like, 
wow, my credit card bill is due or this, my girlfriend is this or my wife or my husband. Like in, in real life, it's very hard to maintain. It's, it's impossible to maintain one state. So it, it is, yes, we have to get to a certain awareness, but that awareness is like, it's like coming through like the back door of your mind. Like once you hear my whole story, for whatever reason, there's no way for me to know why a reminder pops in and you start seeing things differently. And it's not because you like can maintain something, but it just seems that this clicks something into, into a different perspective. I tell everybody that, you know, those old, um, it's not, it's like an old uh, drawing of like some old scraggly looking woman, but if you f- look at it a different way, it clicks and, oh, yeah. and you see this, this pretty woman like with a bond on her head and it's just a little line drawing. I tell everyone that after listening to this, the world looks, you see more of that pretty woman for someone, like the whole perspective changes on anything. And usually I get emails from people saying like, you know, I was fighting with my son today, who's usually this way, but I, even though the conversation didn't change, I was able to sit in that tsunami of a fight differently. Or, I mean, they just sound like, the emails sound like that. So my question, I think that, you know, I think that awareness is, is, and I, and I totally understand and agree with you that, that we can never maintain one particular state. But if we're not aware, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't really matter I, in my mind like what state we're in and, and what goes on with that. How did you, you know, from all of your, dis- well, disappointments, realizations, Gabe, in terms of work and all of that that wasn't for you and, and why were you doing stuff that really was counterproductive in so many ways and not really, you know, totally totally different from and and yet doing a lot of wonderful stuff but people just didn't see it that way. How did you decide or was it a conscious decision that your path was one of enlightenment? Was it was it when your father was sick and died? Was that the the first level of awareness that it happened to you it went kind of? Way before way before that, uh, there's a line in the Matrix, the movie The Matrix that I, I like to always quote, which is it's like you feel like there's a splinter in your mind that you just can't scratch. And ever since I had language in my head whenever you start talking, uh, I, I just kind of felt like there's some splinter, like there's something going on here. But, you know, when you're a little kid and you're four years old, you, you can't put your finger on that. You have no idea what you're talking about. Or I mean, there's no even, there's no concept around that. I just always felt that there was something else happening. And then when I was 11 or 12 years old, I had a complete, complete awakening that you'd re- you can read about, like, n- not about me, but, like, when you read about people who have become completely enlightened, like the sages when they were young and then they see the whole world differently, that happened to me when I was 11 or 12. By almost no effort, I just, I was having thoughts about words and about stress and about my, it actually is, it is connected to my dad because I was afraid that he was going to kill me for being late for Hebrew school. And that's where <laughs> this whole little search started in my head. And... I was I became completely awake and I lost it though within 20 minutes. But I, I I only had like 10 years of conditioning at that point, so it wasn't something that I was looking for. Um, but so at, when I got to college and then was realizing that well, this the normal corporate competitive life is nowhere going to be for me. Like I just knew that if I was suffering inside my head as much as someone can suffer without having like leukemia or something awful like that. Like I just knew that I was suffering on a soulful level that if, it, if I had to do it, if I was doing it, then I'm sure everyone must be doing it. There's so many people. And that's why I dedicated myself. I'm like, I am going to figure this out no matter what. But 
you know, I still had to do all the corporate stuff and deal with college because you still have to pay your bills as I was searching. So I was just a normal guy in the world, just like working and having girlfriends and doing whatever I was doing and driving my car and paying my bills. But underneath that, always, like I could have been at Thanksgiving dinner with my family, but at some, on some level I was trying to figure it out. Like if I was awake, like awake, like not in my bed, then I was, I was thinking about it and trying to get there. And then after, after my dad died, I kind of lost, I, I, lost it there for a minute saying like I, I've been betrayed by the universe. There's no way that I'm even caring about this anymore. I don't care about helping anybody, but that only lasted for a little bit. And I'm like, everyone deals with this. Everyone deals with death. Everyone deals with breakups. Everyone deals with heartbreak and, and confusion and uh, anxiety and not enoughness. So that's, I dialed in. So yeah, you're right. I dialed in even deeper after my dad died to try to figure this out. So many of us are at war with our minds. How do? How, what does that mean? I mean, how, how do we explain it? And also, well, how, how do we get past that so that we're at at a sense of peace? Because, like you said, there that you take people through stages. So, do we have to wait till the end state to to win the war? Well, well, the the war is something that. It's kind of like if you're watching like politics, it's like some cohort war that people would even deny that's actually happening, happening because everyone thinks it's normal to live the way we do. Like a kid is born and then he goes to nursery school and then right away it's like you have to do well and you have to succeed and you have to, you know, you have to be this person and then buy a house and worry about your mortgage. And then, you know, of course all of that is part of life, but we, this it is a normalcy that's built into our society and to humanity really to co- constantly be thinking. So when I say that there's a war, people would deny the war to say, this is normal for me to think this way, but it's not normal because everyone, not everyone, people are on antidepressants. People are doing yoga or like looking for methods or, or sitting in bars on the weekends. They think they're having fun, but they're kind of just like numbing themselves a little bit. But yeah, it's fun. But like everyone's trying to escape this, war that no one would really admit to, but there is a war going on. There's no way we should constantly feel stressed from the second we wake up, like always reviewing things in our head and always taking things apart and judging everything. Like there's no way to, there's no way to enjoy anything or just be at peace with anything when we constantly have these words in our head that are, seem to be our enemy. Like we live with an enemy inside of our head and there, it needs to, we need to have a, a, a truce. And the the way when I, when I said there's a like a certain a process, and I'm not sure what you mean when you get to the end of it. Like the end happens right away. I have friends who are healers and trying to you have to break your sessions up and you have to charge for this. And but I, I would I feel that it has to happen in one shot. When you're desperate and you need to find out what the truth is, like that's why we'll just stay on the phone together for an hour and a half or more. And by the by the time the conversation's over. There's, no, there's, like, there's never even any questions because the peop, there's nothing to even ask anymore. Everything becomes so obvious. But some questions will pop up, but they're just like lingering questions from like the mind that used to exist before the conversation. But the war ends the second the conversation's over. Um, but what I tell people, they ask me, if like, well, do you have any problems anymore? Are you still stressed out about stuff? And, or will I be stressed out? And the answer is always yes, because this war started not when we were born or when we got our first job or broke, were broken up with for this first time, this war started when, you know, when, before our grandparents were born and before their grandparents were before. And maybe the war goes all the way back to the big bang. We have no idea, but 
one gener- it's like the sins of the father keep on getting passed on, passed on, passed on. So when the war ends in, my, in our minds, there are still missiles flying up from God knows how long ago. And this, those missiles kind of don't have the same explosive factor that they used to, but the, they'll always be there. Unless they're not. Some, some people will just automatically wake up and just stay woken up forever, like Edward Tolley or Byron Katie or people like that. But thankfully, I'm not like that. Thankfully, I still worry about nonsense because I can just relate to anybody, and I'm not just floating around with my robes on and a long beard. <laughs> I don't think I've looked at you know, it's... Robes, robes or a long beard anywhere. So. <laughs> you have a great sense of humor. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love it. So many people, like you said, it doesn't mean that, that when you're at this level, of this state of enlightenment, and that, that suddenly life, there's nothing that happens that, that has a hardship or a downside or whatever. We still go through our challenges. What can right. people do when that's going on to, to kind of minimize them a little bit or, or, or examine them or come to a different sense of them so that they can handle them more, just handle them more. The awful answer and the most amazing answer simultaneously is that they can't do anything. They really can't. <laughs> because sometimes sometimes a mantra will work and sometimes it won't. And sometimes this won't work and sometimes this will. There's really nothing, and it's so unfortunate or beautiful that there's really nothing you can do about it. But there's something about when you – to me, enlightenment is truth. And once you get to truth and once that truth is inside of you, like you've been taking this truth serum, it, it'll, it allows for a remembering to happen in your mind. It, it just somehow, and I would love to know how, but there's no way to ask why, that there's a remembering that happens. Like I just spoke to someone two days ago, and we were talking about what she can do to just feel more grateful when because she knows that things are okay, but she's just like, it's not like compared to everybody who's starving to death in India or maybe six blocks away from where we live, there's, there are hungry people everywhere. We know that we're okay and we have it all right. Like we can even waste time talking about enlightenment. Things are not so bad. But I just told her like one thing that she can remember would be would something that used to save me was I used to say to myself, I am grateful that I'm grateful for all of my needs being met today. Like write that mantra down. I'm grateful for all of my needs being met today. But that may work and that may not work. And, and maybe you'll forget to use it or maybe you, you won't forget to use it. It's just they're at that moment of what's going on. Or I tell people just remember like it's all an illusion, but that's, not, that's, you know, that's a four-hour conversation of why it's all illusion. There are different ways to, to get there, but some, there, there's no magic bullet because no states of mind can be maintained. But once a person and I get, get to the truth, the truth just kind of happens, which is the beautiful thing. You know, I I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm, the, I'm the most, I'm sorry, I'm the most annoying, in quotes, guru in the world because everyone wants a method, and that's what I always look for. And there, this is like, this is a choiceless choice, and it's a methodless, methodless method. There's, there's nothing we can do, but knowing, the knowing of the truth changes everything. I'm sorry to cut you off since it is your show. <laughs> what were you going to say? Well, I was talking about a few months ago I went through a challenge and, and, and actually had a fall and and had a head injury, which I'm still recovering from. But that shifted things for me in terms of 
firstly looking at my stairs and recognizing how alive I am in spite of challenges and, you know, recovery and whatever, it's put a whole different spin on humility and gratitude and service, even though I've been doing that all my life. It's, it's, what I, I guess what I'm saying is it shifted me in some way. And, and I, I don't even know if this is a question, Gay, but, but I think sometimes people come to a different level of awareness and realization from something like, like you with your dad, but from something that happened doesn't necessarily have to be traumatic, but something that, that shifts them on such a deeper level. And, and that's what I feel that just happened months ago and, and, and really changed me. And it doesn't mean I haven't had something like that before, but every time it gets, it feels like it's deepening. And, and it's something that you would never have happened. Like if you were just sitting there playing golf with your friends or doing whatever you do, it just wouldn't have come from that. Like something had to happen. And right. It doesn't always have to be traumatic. It can be, I mean, Byron Katie who woke up, she had a cockroach walk across her foot and that woke her up. And Eckhart Tolle just woke up from like, you know, from the suicide suicidal feeling of sitting there and Buddha woke up from sitting under a tree like it doesn't have to be incredibly traumatic but you had an awful injury and that's what woke you up and uh, I have a friend who she's I wouldn't say she's enlightened by by any means but well that's not true because we all are but she doesn't even she's not on the same search but she was just some girl out in the world partying in New York City and having a great life and making six figures and then she got into a car accident and she wasn't able to walk Mm. for for a year and she was in a coma, and it took a while for her to wake up, and then it was awful, and she still walks with a cane. And because of that, it, it revolutionized her life. And I don't think, you know, of course she would like to go back to being the athlete that she was before, but I don't think she would ever trade it because she is, it has shown her, like, a vastness and a richness of, of what was out there that she was missing. You know, there's definitely something to be said about ignorance is bliss. And, I, you know, I, during this whole search, I, I used to say to myself all the time, I just wish I was one of those people who would just wake up happy. Like, that'd be so nice and not worry about any of this nonsense. Like, how nice would it be just to feel joy all the time? Like, I, I hate those people because I'm so envious of them. But this is just the path that I'm on, you know. And thankfully I am because there are a lot of people who don't feel joy ever, and that's why I exist. You know, it's it's. I'm laughing because it's funny because the other day I was walking and just in such a state of joy and gratitude, and then I came back and there's something on the phone that made me get really snarly and angry, and I'm looking at myself thinking, yeah, right. I mean, within within an hour, the whole emotional state had changed, right. and I had a I had a look at it and kind of laugh at myself at what was going on, but it was still going on, right? Yeah. So, Gabe, this book. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Your book, I love the title, like I said, and it does have that really good meaning once you described it because I think it's great. Live like a fruit fly. Tell people how they could get a hold of your book, how they could find out more about you and your services, and find out more about their enlightenment and how to make that happen with you. The good news is I'm, I'm very available. You can contact me anywhere, and I'm always going to email you back within 24 hours, but probably sooner. Um, that doesn't even make any sense, within 24 hours or sooner. How can it always? It's always within 24 hours or sooner. Anyway, so you can find my books on Amazon.com. It's Live Like a Fruit Fly, um, Where is God When Our Loved Ones Get Sick, Love Looks Like This, a photo book I wrote with, uh, with little haikus in there. 
Um, there's a couple of other books out there. So just go to Amazon.com or wherever else you like to go. Just go to Barnes & Noble and ask them to order for you. But the main thing to do is go to winthewarwithyourmind.com. Winthewarwithyourmind.com. And you can just navigate around there and just co- or just contact me through email, gaberman at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, Gabe Berman, or Twitter, Gabe Berman, or Instagram, Gabe Berman, or if I knew what Snapchat was, like my 13-year-old nephew, I would do that too, but I don't. So forget about <laughs> Snapchat. But, um, but the best way is just winthewarriorsmind.com, and there's a phone number there, there's email there, and there's a little form you can fill out if you want to do it that way, and you can just we'll end up on the phone somehow or just do it through email or whatever makes the person happy. But the best thing to do is find your way to get on the phone. And people always ask me what my fee is. And it used to just be like, I I just made this up. It's going to be $120 an hour, which never was an hour. It was always way longer. And then people said, well, you you need to charge more if it's an hour. And then one day I was sitting in, in front of Starbucks because I basically live in Starbucks. And I had this little feeling about, when Jesus from the story was uh, going crazy and throwing out the money changers from the temple doors. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to make this all about money either. So I'm just not going to charge anymore. So it's completely donation based. So whatever you feel is appropriate, like you want to donate $50 million, uh, you know, thank you very much. But if you need to donate $20, that's great. But as long as you're some sort of energy exchange, and that you a little, have a little bit of skin in the game, I will talk to you forever on the phone. And then I'm always available after the phone conversation. You can text me or email me or call me. Like I'm just there because I know what it feels like not to have money, and I know what it feels like to be so confused. So just go to winthewarwithyourmind.com, and we'll, we'll get the ball rolling. Any final words for our listeners? Anything that, that they can think about in terms of, of you and enlightenment and winning the war and, and anything else that's going to help them move forward just for today? Yeah, but I know that it's just going to be okay. And <laughs> that's, that's always what I say to everyone. Like, it's just going to work out. And... It, now that you're listening to this, serendipity has brought us to the point where we can actually talk because I have definitely suffered as much as anyone who's out there or, or not that as a contest. And if there is anyone who's like extra suffering, I know we can get to the answer because thankfully I have truth on my side and truth is like my samurai sword. I'll just slash through any concept and any story and any, anything. And, and, it, and I have a hundred percent success rate of turning things around, not in, not in getting people into la la land, but at least, oh, my God, there's something else happening in the world where I don't have to breathe as heavily as I was. You know, that's so important. And, and even though saying everything's going to be okay, as, as simple as it is, there's something about it. Because I have been taught, I was telling myself that for months with the, the head injury. There's something about it that's so, like you said, so consoling and so just allowing you to have a sense of yes, a sense of ease, even if something else happens, you know, you have that feeling. So, Gabe, thank you so much for what you do, for putting out all this wonderful stuff in the world and being of service to so many people, and have a blessed day. Thank, and thank you so much for having me on because you, you've completely justified my existence today. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> and you did mine. Thank you so much, Gabe. Have a good one. 
So next week we're going to shift gears. But remember, everything that Gabe was talking about today, and again, enlightenment is not, oh, I'm here and there's nothing else. It's, it, it, you still have to accept your humanness and, and move forward and check out winthewarwithyourmind.com, Gabe Berman, his books, and all that he has to offer, and learn how you can be enough because you are enough. And you are enlightened, even if you don't know it yet. Next week, we're shifting gears, and we're going to have Karen Palmer on, who is going to talk about global kindness going viral. So what would that mean? A total world, a total globe that that is filled with kindness and just sending that out. Is that even possible or feasible? Remember... You are incredibly powerful. If you want to get a hold of me, go to doc, D-O-C-W-H-I-T-E dot org, drjoannwhite.com. Find out more about upcoming guests, the Power Your Life Network, and free articles. And remember, each and every day, take one step, whatever it is, towards something that allows you to feel incredibly powerful, and even if it's just for a moment. And remember to take care of yourself and those around you. Have a blessed day wherever you are, and thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit DocWhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.